Bond. James Bond. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of The Best of Bond, a spinoff series from The Best of Fives, where we are counting up the best five things in the Bond universe. Today, that is the best five Bond stunts. My name is Dave and I am joined by Steve. Hello there. I was prepared this time. (laughs) And Smitty. To say hello there. Hey, how's it going? All right, so this was a cool list to make because there's so many things to choose from. It's one of the things, I guess, that you could say Bond is known for, the the pushing the envelope on stunts, things that would get spoofed in other movie franchises. Um, But because of that, I found this list very difficult to make. What about you, Steve? Did you have a hard time with this one? Um, No, it came to me pretty easily, but I, I would add a caveat that like, to single out five best doesn't necessarily mean that there aren't dozens of others that aren't also great you know everyone's criteria would be different and uh, but i just picked five that were on top of my brain pan uh and i'm happy with my list what about you smitty yeah i was i was looking around for lists of the different stunts and the best ones and some of the a lot of the lists had the same ones near the top so i'm wondering how close we're going to converge on this um but the weird thing was, is I had one in my, that was number one in my head. Cause I just remembered thinking that was the best thing ever. And when I was finally ordering my list, it went down to five. Wow. Um, just because reviewing these stunts and thinking about them and watching them, it, it's, um, so it was interesting to see how I ordered them out, but the top five were pretty easy to, to get to. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't wait yeah. to hear with this one that that is five. That was your your gut reaction went down to five. Nice. All right, I had a, I had a tough time with this, but let's get into it. Uh, my number five, and it's funny because we were just talking about this on the last episode when we talked about cars, and Steve used this as not just a car but also a boat, and and uh, I, I I know I feel this way, and I I don't know if other people do or not. The chase scene in the world is not enough is one of my favorite scenes in any Bond movie. The rest of the movie, you know, maybe goes off the rails here and there. You get Denise Richards running around. You got a problem. But (laughs) (laughs) the world is not enough. The first 20 minutes of that movie are riveting to me. And it's one of the greatest action sequences, in my opinion, in any movie, not just a Bond movie. So I had to pick something out of that. There's all kinds of little things that happen, but one of the things that the boat does, and I, I love the timing on this because you know, and any of our stunts, they did these over and over and over again. We're seeing the final result, but I want to see how many times this went wrong. And what I'm talking about is when the henchwoman is firing a very large mounted machine gun at Bond in the boat, and Bond does a flip in the air to dismantle the machine gun whilst continuing to rotate and land right side up in the water past the boat. So not only does he elude her, he also destroys the gun with the boat. Um, I can't imagine what it took to do this time. It's not CGI. It's practical. This really happened. And I am riveted by this scene, and I had to pick something out of there, and that's what I went with. So it's Bond dismantling the machine gun 360 style in the boat in the world is not enough. Gotcha, sucker. <laughs> and then Denise Richards. So, 
she, she I buy that stunt more than I buy her as a nuclear scientist. Sure. <laughs> What's your number five, Steve? Well, Dave, that's by the way, that's Maria Gracia Cucinota as the cigarette girl. That's the only name she's given. Right. Cigar girl, excuse me. The cigar girl. I like it. Yeah. Yes. I was once pilloried for choosing her in my top five Bond girls. What? Because, yeah, well, I was, I was, it was, I was, it was very hormonally based that, that time. Was it around so, when that came out or something? No, no, it was much later. And I realized there are many other better Bond girls, but I want to include one purely for the, the sweat factor and, uh, you know, but let, we'll say, we'll talk about that another time. Okay. My top five, and I said this to you guys just a little bit ago, but isolating the stunts and the action sequences is, you know, it, some would say that's the essence of Bond and others would say that that's just something that they, they had to gradually up the ante over the years and that to do a subdued stealthy Bond movie wouldn't really make sense to people anymore. But there's so many other action franchises out there that I don't think that Bond needs to outdo everyone, but they're going to try, and I understand why. In the Daniel Craig era, they seem to love to have things explode or collapse behind him and have him sort of leap towards the camera. It's like they got really good at that con you know, conjunction of stunt and CGI technology. He does it in Skyfall. I believe he does it at the end of Casino Royale. And Inspector, which I find to be an otherwise really mediocre movie, there's that opening sequence where a building collapses. I think he's in Spain. Yeah, it's like and, Day, uh, Day of the but, Dead or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, after a shootout, the building starts to collapse. He slides down several like slanted roofs, edifices, before falling on a couch, which... He's otherwise humorless, but it is a nice touch. He was very lucky. He landed on a, his fanny. No, excuse me, his bum. Mm -hmm. Fanny's different. <laughs> on a little little love seat. And uh, so just a moment of levity in a franchise, at least in the Craig years, that doesn't seem to traffic in those. Now, doesn't he fall onto a couch later in the movie too, or is that the one I'm thinking of? You know what? I only watched it once. Okay. I probably won't again. So I don't know if there's a couch callback. Yeah. Weird. But couch that might be the. Like, I've only seen it once as well, so I don't see the second time. It's a chess long. Yeah. <laughs> it's a city. I just thought the the couch gag was later in the movie, but maybe I'm remembering it wrong. Like I have a said, friend, kind of a mediocre movie. <laughs> yeah, my friend uh, Ryan Hill, who is uh, even a bigger Bond fanatic than I am, uh, rails and rails against situations where Bond uh, makes it through on pure luck. He doesn't like that. Um, and this the couch is a perfect example of that, but what are you going to do? It's their universe. I like, I like that reasoning. I think he has a good point because like you think of this guy as being superhuman without having superpowers. And when it's just luck, it, it kind of does take a little bit away from his, from his skill. I don't know, Like I, I see his point in saying that. And I don't know if I, I never even really thought about that till you just brought it up. Well, till you brought up his story. Um, you've done nothing, Steve, really. You've just brought up somebody else's <laughs> good point. So, thank you, Ryan. I made a career out of it, Dave. <laughs> I I would say, uh, just to cap the point, the, the probably the, the quintessential example for both of us is that uh, Diamonds Are Forever, when Bond gets knocked out, locked in a coffin, and sent into a crematorium, and uh, only is pulled out because some guy, or some mob boss, needs something else from him. Otherwise... He'd been uh, as dead as good, as good Friday, hmm. really. Yeah, and, and that's not just a Bond thing. 
um, in movie making and storytelling in general, kind of the, the unwritten rule is you can't use luck to get your characters out of a situation, but you can use luck or chance to get them into a situation. Right. Yeah. 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 That, that is good. And I feel that way about a lot of things and, and this is going off the rails a little bit. Um, but I hate it in any movie when something like that happens or if, you're watching a movie for an hour and 45 minutes and then the heroes are saved by anything supernatural. It's a cheap, right. it's a cheap way out. It's somebody who doesn't know how to end their story and they're going to, going to go supernatural when the whole movie itself wasn't supernatural. Um, that's what this kind of reminds me of. It's cheap. You're talking like you're talking Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of thing. All right, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, so that one, they were saved because, he is a good enough archaeologist. He knew to close their eyes, right? So that that detail, that his research saved them in that moment. Years of Bible study. Yeah, there are <laughs> plenty of scenes in that movie that you know. There's a whole anyway. There's a whole other podcast about that movie. We don't have to go into. Steve, <laughs> right. didn't you ever go to Sunday school? <laughs> Dave, count to ten <laughs> in Greek. <laughs> well done. <laughs> All right, uh, Smitty, what's your number five? All right, so this one I always had in my mind as the best stunt I've ever seen, and it is an amazing stunt. And and as we've sort of hinted at, the Bond stuff is best when it's real and not as good when they use a lot of CGI fakery. So this is the corkscrew jump from the man with the golden gun. Nice. Right. So he's in the car. He's chasing after Scaramanga. Uh, he's got the Hick Sheriff in the car with him. And the bridge is out. It's this rickety old bridge. And he just hits it and does a complete barrel roll in the air, lands the car on the other side. Um, that blew my mind when I saw it. I was like, you can't do, you can't do that. How can you do that? Right. Um, they did it. They did it in one take. Um, the car was an AMC Hornet, which is an awful car. <laughs> um, the stuntman, uh, Bumps Willard, <laughs> was paid 30,000 pounds for the one take. And that seems that's kind of a theme in all the stunts I looked at is these, these stunt people got paid 30,000 pounds or dollars for one take. Um, and this is kind of cool. They This is the first stunt, or at least car stunt, that was ever pre-visualized and, and analyzed on a computer. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah. They, they did all the physics calculations on a computer to figure it out. Um, so the driver, uh, the stunt driver, was lying prone. on. They modified the car. They put the steering wheel in the middle because they had to centralize all the weight to get it to work right. He's lying face down in the middle. There's dummies on either side of him of the two characters. And, you know, they do, they do the, they do the stunt and they did it in one take. And I forget, I think it was the director or the producer said, Oh, that looked too perfect. It's not good enough. We should do it. Do you want to do it again? Uh, the driver's <laughs> like, we're not doing it again or I'm not doing it again. <laughs> um, so Don't that pony up another 30,000 pounds. Yeah, exactly. I'm afraid. I mean, they had, they had divers under the water with cables and, you know, rescue gear, just waiting for him to crash into the water. They had a crane ready to go. They had all the safety stuff ready to go just in case anything happened. And he didn't so. need it. I didn't need it. So that I always considered that the best stunt I've ever seen. I had put it at the top of my list going into this and then I watched it again. Mm -hmm. And you have some 
idiot on the soundtrack decided to put a slide whistle yeah. sound over the jump ruins it completely takes away all of the majesty of what they just did <laughs> and then you yeah. have the the hick sheriff going oh boy what the hell just happened or whatever the hell he says yeah. and I'm like oh well that's now number five <laughs> fair enough yeah, and you know what? As a as they're in the air, as quick whoop. continuity bit. Oh, go on. Sorry, sorry, Dave. No, you're good. I, I'm hearing the uh, slide whistle in my head now. You're right. It just yeah. it takes you totally out of it. Mm, yeah. And when he as a continuity uh, mention, he's when he's in the air, he's in an AMC Hornet, and when he lands, he's in a Gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> that, that ruins everything. Yeah. Fake trivia. I would love to Sorry. see like the footage, like behind the scenes making of it, and he does it and just gets out of the car all smug, like they had the divers already, and he's just like, "Yeah, you can tell the divers <laughs> to get right. out of the water," and he just mic drops that and just walks away. I would love Pretty to much. see that. There's pictures uh, <clears throat> um, of him and the other crew like drinking champagne right after the shoot, right after the take. And uh, Roger Moore came over and thanked him right after the take. He's like, you're making me look really good right now. <laughs> That's awesome. And he was on his belly? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This, If if not for the slide whistle, would it, would it be, I mean, maybe not number one, but higher. It's the slide it whistle. It would be much higher. Okay. Yeah. And, and it, you know, even Roger Moore has said like his movies were sort of a parody of James Bond, right? They, they really went silly with a lot of his stuff. Mm -hmm. And that is sort of the, uh, a quintessential example of how silly they got with his movies. Yeah. The Sheriff Pepper was uh, yeah. a, a, probably a regrettable part of the whole thing. And they brought him back in a second movie. Yeah. Right. It was almost like he he was like Jackie Gleason's character in Smokey right. and the Bandit. It was like that kind of thing probably around the same time. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, number four then in that case. And uh, we're sticking with Roger Moore. And the film is The Spy Who Loved Me. And I guess a couple of mine, I was kind of like almost doing a little bit of uh, self-analysis, maybe a little therapy when I was doing mm. my list. And it, it does turn out that one of my greatest fears is heights. I cannot be in an airplane. I cannot go in a tall building. I am afraid of heights. And that lends itself to a couple of my choices, including number four, the skiing scene where Bond parachutes off of the mountain while being chased and the Union Jack parachute, which is very cool. A little yes. silly. I mean, like, it's like, you know, you're, you're talking, if you see Austin Powers first, and then you see this, you're like, oh, they did that in Austin Powers. Because it is, you know, it's it's ostentatious. He's supposed to be a, he's a, uh, he's supposed to be a spy. And he has like the, the most obscene parachute anyone's ever had. But it works. Yeah. Because it's silly. I guess only if you're parachuting into London and safety, that would be the only time <laughs> yeah. where that would work. <laughs> yeah. But the way it's shot, I mean, it's really shot from up above. That is, you know, a true stuntman and a true take. Um, it, it really, it gets me because you can just see the depth of it. You can see it all unfolding. There's not a cut there. Like I like movies, like older, older movies. It's another thing we're talking about filmmaking a lot here. Older movies did not use nearly as many cuts as they use today. Especially you watch some like old, old, even like musicals. You know, you watch like Fred Astaire dance. 
they never cut away from Fred Astaire because he was good and he didn't need to cut away because he could do that stuff. Well, then I cut away from this because somebody actually did this and it gets me because I hate that. I mean, it makes me, it makes me uneasy like watching it. So I think that's what good film does. So the spy who loved me is my number four. Nice. What about you, Steve? All right. Well, I have a, a skiing stunt as well. And I suspect guys, as we go through all this, not a lot of love they're going to be for on Her Majesty's Secret Service, <laughs> and uh, I won't I won't pause to ask you what you think. But I I found it to be surprisingly good, and I think that most of it holds up in a way that a lot of the others do not. Um, and so, uh, Mr. Lazenby, having escaped the ski lodge through a, a sort of a big winch house, which had to be incredibly freezing cold on his bare little hands, <laughs> uh, he he goes into a ski chase. And uh, at one point, one of his skis gets shot up, and he has to just abandon it. So he persists through the rest of the chase on one ski. At one point, the skiing man standing in for him uh, does a executes a leap and lands perfectly on one one ski foot, which you know must have been uh, a high degree of difficulty. And again, that's of course all real. And uh, I will give you give an honorable mention to one of the unidentified specter mooks chasing him who I guess tries to hot dog as well and lands in a tree for his efforts mm. and then falls to the ground and Telly Savala says something like, idiot. But uh, these two factors come together. It's rear projected, obviously. That's the time that it was. But uh, still a, a pretty thrilling ski chase. Uh, and it's this one's a small scale one, but I've gone with number that at number four. Nice. Yeah, that movie is better than people remember it. It's not great, but yeah, it holds up better than you'd think. Yeah, I agree. In fact, just just the fact, just the just the dead wife stuff, I think is good because nobody else really got to do that but Lazenby, and I think he does a pretty good job with it. For yeah. for a guy that they hired, I guess I assume because he looked like the former actor, you know, like <laughs> he he does a good job with 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 her being you know killed in that drive by, and and there's like some tender moments there. It's funny that you bring that up because I was look, I was reading this my number four the parachuting off the uh, mountain. They wanted to do that in uh, that movie, and it was actually at Lazenby's behest. Like he came up with this. Wouldn't it be cool if we did this? Hmm. And they they didn't do shut it. up model. <laughs> we, we didn't. We, we're not paying you this money to think. Yeah. All right, right. Put on the kilt. <laughs> keep your shirt off yeah they he wanted to do it and they just they couldn't they couldn't do it from a technical aspect but yeah like that that it's funny that we both did skiing and that was uh mine was something that they that lazenby had wanted to do in that and yours all right very good very cool what about you smitty number four my number four is the same as your number four. <clears throat> and I was afraid this might happen. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, the ski jump from The Spy Who Loved Me, it's a classic. Uh, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, the stunt person was Rick Sylvester, who was also the head of the climbing team for in uh, Fear Eyes Only. Nice. Um, he, again, he got paid $30,000 for one take. Um, he chose the yellow outfit. Um, as an homage to uh, a famous skier, Franz Klammer, who I've never heard of, but that was why the outfit was yellow. And people can, uh, people critiqued him in that, well, why would a spy have a bright yellow outfit? Mm -hmm. 
And his defense is that he doesn't realize he was going to be on a ski chase at that time. He was just hanging out, having sex. <laughs> um, but then the return to that is, well, then why did he have a parachute? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's a good scene. Um, he, he did a, 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 a ask me anything on Reddit, and, and this is where I got some of these facts. Apparently, the shot of him going over the edge and the, and the parachute opening they were supposed to have it covered by three or four different cameras, including a helicopter, but only one of them was either on or it was confusing how he's describing it, but he came out from the trees late. And, and when he jumped off, he was in a different spot than he was supposed to be. So the helicopter camera didn't get him. Yeah. So it was all this one camera that was on the edge of the cliff that got that whole shot, which is part of the reason why it's, there's no cuts. <laughs> okay. So that was a camera that was like mounted on the cliff. I think so. Okay. I couldn't tell how that was shot. But it's great. Yeah. I wonder if it, I mean, I wonder if that ended up being a benefit. Like if they had several shots, like four cameras, maybe right. they, maybe they would have cut it. I think this serves better not being yeah. cut. You guys have really done your research into this and I'm just sitting here talking about how they make me feel. <laughs> oh, well, I'll get there. <laughs> I feel, <laughs> I feel inadequate. Do you feel flaccid? <laughs> <laughs> The Hyundai you can't say that word in here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. My number three. And I don't know why or when parkour became a thing because it's kind of stupid. But it's fun to watch. Like, I mean, they say, when, when, when did that become a thing? Like, in the. Just a year or two before Casino Royale, I think. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So when. 2003. Okay. 04. That's what I'm thinking. Like he saw it in movies and then people started to try and do it and probably seriously hurt themselves over and over again. Uh, like I on, hope so. Like on the office. I, I love the videos on YouTube. Yeah. Any, <laughs> Failed parkour. Yep. Anytime I hear, I think of it, I just think of Andy Bernard <laughs> trying, <laughs> trying to do parkour on the office. It's like, you know, it's so dumb that anybody that isn't like a trained gymnast or martial artist could do this. But I am talking about what Steve has alluded to. It is the African rundown in Casino Royale. And not just the parkour. I think it's maybe like, I don't know if we were supposed to pick a single stunt. It's, it kind of is the parkour, which I find fun to watch. But it's really, I think, what ends up being the denouement of the scene when they're on the crane. And yeah. that those stunts are amazing. I don't know how uh, genuine they are. And I guess that's good filmmaking that I can't tell if it's enhanced or not. But the, the other guy, especially the guy that he's chasing, I can't remember a whole lot about him, but he makes it look really easy, which I think is cool. And I think they do a good job then of it, of bond doing it, but struggling, which yeah. I think adds to it. Like you, like if he just did it just as good as the other guy, it, it would, you'd be like, eh, you know, like well, this, this guy can do everything. But the fact that he falls and he's holding on for dear life makes it more authentic. So I think and he's like busting through walls where the other guy's jumping over things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There was some, some hay was made about that at the time that like, well, this, this grittier bond, he's going to be more of a brawler. So yeah, he'll burst through the wall while the other guy, you know, yeah. pirouettes over it. And it's As good. The, the old um, thing goes, he's, he's a blunt instrument. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the guy, who he's chasing was played by Sebastian Fouquin, who uh, actually is into 
parkour. He, he actually co-invented parkour. <laughs> yeah. With Mr. Parkour. Yeah. <laughs> well, parkour. parkour. The Parkour Brothers. Right. <laughs> they, uh, they also invented Monopoly, I think. And shoots and ladders. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't like. It's probably more the crane stuff at the end. That is a long chase scene. I mean, there's motorcycles involved and all kinds of other stuff. But um, I guess it's the crane part mainly of Casino Royale and them jumping from one crane to the other. That's my number three. What about you, Steve? All right, I'll keep this one short and sweet, Dave. But we've we, we've uh, already made some love to the BMW from Tomorrow Never Dies oh, yeah. in that excellent uh, parking garage fight sequence and it's capped by uh, the uh, topmost level bond bails from the car and continues to drive it off the ledge it goes i don't know seven stories to the ground or something landing in the hertz rent a car window <laughs> probably once again taking out some innocent schmuck <laughs> yeah. you know working the counter that day but uh pierce brosnan makes a little face a little smiley face and i think like throws his hand in the air uh, it's it's a very tidy and pithy way to end the whole sequence. And uh, I think the automated voice of the car also says something. Makes She makes some line as it lands. Does it say like you've reached your uh, destination or something like that? Yeah, yeah I think that's it. <laughs> yep. And it is the fact that he's smiling when he's doing it. And you're right. He probably just murdered someone. <laughs> right. <laughs> All they wanted was a rental Hyundai. <laughs> yeah. You better give me the insurance because I am going to beat the hell out of this car. <laughs> See, you know how to take the reservation. You just don't know how to hold the reservation. Oh. <laughs> so there's mine. No need to talk it out too much. I just, I, it's a, always a great touch. <laughs> always been. Very nice. What about you, Smitty? Number three. So my number three is uh, <clears throat> also Pierce Brosnan. It is the opening damn bungee jump from GoldenEye. Nice. Um, this is... I just watching it again today. It is a beautifully shot just, and it's one of those where it's a long, it's almost a long unbroken take. They do cut from a close shot to a wider shot and back to the close shot, but it was completely done by the stunt guy. Um, he, apparently it was the, the biggest, the longest bungee jump of all time at the, at the time they did it. And apparently when he, when the bungee grabs and starts slowing him down the deceleration uh made him pass out oh my god for a, a moment um but he still had to bring the gun out you know the, where he shoot the grappling gun to shoot into the cement at the bottom yeah. and he managed to wake up in time to do that in the shot before he disappeared behind the rocks <laughs> so and he just he just i saw a thing about it he's like i just i just knew i had to get the gun out before you know or they they they'd kill me. So <laughs> that was excellent, but we will be deducting 10,000 pounds. <laughs> right. He's the so other 20. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, and it's just this beautiful shot where they just, they cut all the music and sound and they just follow him falling down the face of this dam for like 10 seconds. It's just a beautiful, beautiful shot. One might argue that that bungee jump stunt was, uh, to the people of 1995, what parkour was to the audience of 2006. <laughs> yeah. And it seems, it definitely seems like the bond movies always take what the current trend is and put it in a stunt or a car or, or something. That is true. Yeah. And I heard there's a rumor going around for the next one that Daniel Craig is going to walk around with a fidget spinner the entire time. <laughs> no. Oh, that'll be, that'll be from Q branch. <laughs> Wearing a jumper. <laughs> Or is it a romper? Is it a romper, romper. I think they call them? These a onesie. <laughs> well, 
Sean Connery wore wore a onesie. <laughs> Enough said. Yeah, that is a good one. I and I I did a, I, in looking up some of these things. I did come across that, and obviously that's that's one that I know a lot of people go to. The, did you see that they said if the guy would have? I guess he was pretty close to the dam. If at any point he had gotten any closer to the dam, he probably would have been killed. Mm-hmm. Like his head would have hit the, you know, hit the con- concrete. And this guy, like, how did this guy not die? Right. It's, yeah, that was amazing. Well, that's a good one. All right. Number two. My number two. And this is one that I probably did the most research on because I find it fascinating. The, uh, the movie is Live and Let Die. And the stunt is Bond jumping the crocodiles. Uh, using the crocodiles more as stepping stones is probably a better way to put it. Um, when when you watch that, especially if we saw that kind of stuff today, it would be totally CGI. It would be Dwayne Johnson in the Jumanji bullcrap that's coming out, you know, stepping on crocodile backs. But I looked it up and I did the research. This really happened. This is a stuntman running across live crocodiles. Those poor crocodiles. I know this would never happen today. PETA would be all over this. They would shut this down. Um, this this is good luck. Crocodiles are nearly as cuddly as killer whales. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> they've been around for a hundred million years. They'll get by. They will. These are real crocodiles that they use. This is probably the thing that PETA would have a problem with. They used weights to kind of hold them steady there were un- weights underneath them so they were kind of immobilized in the water with by their hand the, actually their mm. hand, hands and feet their legs were, were being immobilized by weights but because they wanted to make it still look real the tail and the head were left alone so there is a very very cool and when this episode comes out i have to remember to put it on the neos as facebook page there is a very cool footage of the stuntman doing all of the failed attempts um, there's, mm. he did it five times. The fourth time he gets bit. Oh, geez. I mean, bit, bit to the point where like, it doesn't sink in, but you can tell it's got a hold of his leg and it's ripping his pants. And on the fifth time he nailed it. But every time you see these things, the heads are whipping and the tails are whipping. These things are trying to bite this guy. Um, the footage is amazing. Uh, if you haven't seen it and I do, if I forget to put it on just YouTube, live and let die croc jump and you'll find it it has the, the it has the four the four mistakes and then the real take uh, I mean, they, they would never do this today this is like the way things used to be done and i i mean i find this incredibly harrowing like for anybody to do i can't believe that this was even thought of for somebody to do like yeah we're just gonna have you step on animals that could kill you at a moment's notice Mm-hmm. Right. So that's my number two. I can't believe right. it's not my number one, but it's, my, it's a number two. I think it's amazing. I'd, I, won't, I won't watch it right now. Beats the hell out of that Komodo dragon pit. <laughs> Skyfall Komodo dragons. Come on. <laughs> Their mouths are filthy, man. If they bite you, you get poisoned. <laughs> it's not even a real thing. Well, there's that. <laughs> What's your number two? It's as real as a tree octopus. What? <laughs> did you see that octopus now that's like running across land to to get food yes oh man that's crazy it's 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 a real thing the struggle is real number two steve what is it yes all right dave well um 
this will play uh, havoc with your fear of heights mm-hmm. and planes. So if you need to, if you need to leave the room, I'll just keep talking. We'll understand. <laughs> but uh, once again, it's that gold and I that uh, they they knew they were going to have to really really be audacious in that break of several years between Bond movies, and that was you know they were coming back with a reboot again. But uh, uh, I'm glad, Smitty, that you didn't. They weren't going for this literally the same part, but at the conclusion to that whole uh, sequence in the beginning at the at the dam, mm-hmm. uh, he's being chased. Motorcycle knocks the pilot out of the plane, the single propeller plane, but the plane keeps going off a cliff, and you know what I'm talking about. He goes off the cliff to follow it, manages to fall, free fall, land, pull himself not land, but pull himself into the cockpit of the plane, pull up just in time, and go to safety. Uh, it's amazing. And I was in the audience and I was with the people going, what? <laughs> but you had to, you had to, they had to try it. They couldn't not, they couldn't write that sequence and then not shoot it. Uh, the only drawback is it's pretty painfully a model, uh, as, as the sequence concludes and the plane flies over the now blowing up, um, facility. And th- that's not a great follow up, but everything leading up to that gold, that was that was on my short list. That was, that I do love that stunt. Yeah, that is hard yeah. to watch for someone that's afraid of heights. That's a good call. <laughs> well, my number one is going to be even worse. <laughs> right. What's your number two, Dave? My number two is uh, again with the heights. Um, in Octopussy, there's a fight on top of a flying airplane. <laughs> and again, this is one of these times where they just they just got out there and did it. I mean, stuntmen, of course. But there's two guys crawling around the top of an airplane not being locked in or anything they had parachutes of course but they they had made the little handhelds that they could climb around on and they just got out there and and you know did it there was at one spot where the the plane does a barrel roll guy just hangs on it's all good <laughs> they're just used to doing it <laughs> can i can i tell you smitty that i for some reason that really gets me viscerally any movie or situation where a character jumps onto something that's going up into the air. I I immediately flash to, is there's that instant where you have to decide, is this the stupidest thing I've ever done? Or could I actually make this work? (laughs) It's either let go now or that's it. Yeah. And so, you know, in universe watching the character, not thinking about the stuntman, but watching that movie and thinking bond, I do know what you're doing here. Yeah. Is this a good plan? chances that this is going to work out for you mm-hmm. are so so low <laughs> and so it's much like, that could go wrong it's kind of like that uh mission impossible where tom cruise jumps on the plane that's taken off yeah the last one yeah, yeah. that's what i was thinking too you're right there is that moment i guess i never analyzed that either there is that moment where they do it and if they just jumped off at that point yeah the guy would get away with they'd survive and then once you're past that second you have no choice but now to go through with this and, and what's the best that's going to happen? You're going to get inside the plane. You're going to pull it down from the sky. Right. Hey, how do you get in a plane? Convince them to pull over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is the thing. He kind of bangs on the window and they're like, <laughs> go away. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold up there. You can't breathe. Yeah. Fortunately, it was a propeller plane. Yeah. <laughs> no leg room. <laughs> no seat, apparently, on the outside. And they charge you extra um, for everything. And he does a bit where he slides to the back and pushes the tail elevator down with his foot to make the plane angle down. <laughs> I was like, oh man, 
they certainly do use heights a lot as stunts. I mean, just in our top fours, there's a lot. Um, I'm going to continue it now with my number one. And this is why I brought up the heights. This is to me, I, I, I get, I don't know. Like it's one of those things where like you, you hate it and it makes you uncomfortable, but you can't look away because this happens a lot in movies. Skydiving scenes kill me. But I watch them and it's like some of them I love. And I, and I think about things like movies that are really like like Point Break. Um, it's uncomfortable for me to watch. But which, point, which Point Break? <laughs> the original, certainly. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> thank you. I, I, I didn't know if I, I, I had to clarify that, but thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> um. <laughs> and I watch like I, I I'll use Point Break because we're talking about it as an example, and that came out in 1991, I think 1990 or 1991. The skydiving scene in Moonraker is not only probably the greatest skydiving scene I've ever seen. It's so far better than a movie that's going to come out how many years later with better cameras, better. Uh, better knowledge, better effects, better everything. Yet this Moonraker scene where Bond is pushed out of the plane by Jaws going after a henchman is, to me, the be it's the best camera work I've ever seen in any skydiving scene ever. And it makes me sick to watch because, I mean, of course, you know, he has a, uh, the stunt actor has a parachute under his jacket probably but it doesn't look like it and when he wants to they do that thing in every stunt in every skydiving scene where the guy wants to move faster so he makes himself into a, like a missile this guy does that and he's and it, it looks so good and then they end up fighting over this parachute which really looks like a child's backpack i don't know how this is going to save anyone but mm -hmm. i get i get I, my heart starts to be fast, and I get I get uneasy watching these things. And then Jaws is out after him. I mean, it's got a little bit of everything in it. My number one is the skydiving scene in the beginning of Moonraker. I, I think it's the best one that's ever been done, and there's been plenty done since, and they haven't been able to top this. So that's my number one. All right. That is a good one. Um, yep. It reminds me, talking about all the skydiving stuff, <clears throat> one that I thought was pretty impressive recently was – what was it? Uh, Iron Man 3, I think. Okay. Yeah, I thought of that too. That maybe they were imagining or recalling this, what Dave was talking about yeah. when they did that. And I watched the behind the scenes on that. And it was, I mean, it was just done practically. They got a team of people to play all the passengers on the airplane. They're all skydivers. They had, you know, parachutes under their normal clothes. And they just, just kept going up and jumping out of a plane until they got all those little close-up shots done. Oh my God. And it was amazing. It turns out I worked with a couple of them last year. So that was kind of fun. That's, that's insane. I can't believe that not only do the stunt actors do that, but the cameramen have to, I mean, the cameramen are skydiving right. too. Yeah. So these guys that, you know, they're not only skydiving. Now they're responsible for capturing all of this acting that all these people are doing, risking their lives. Mm -hmm. it's amazing so like in a stunt like this sure the stuntmen get a lot of props the cameramen get as much maybe more because not only are they doing it too they're the only reason we're seeing it yeah so i love this kind of stuff yeah like you you think about it all the skydiving scenes in, and and almost everybody ends up someone will end up without a parachute like johnny utah don't have a parachute <laughs> 
Yeah, it, that is. A he great lands scene, on a couch. Though. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Give me two. So that's my number one. What's yours, Steve? All right. Uh, let me digress briefly with I just want to give an honorable mention because I, I have to and it's keep, keeping with the theme but the 2012 uh, opening ceremonies of the Olympics in London uh-huh. did you guys watch that did you remember that at all yeah it was good alright I'm, I'm a big Anglophile and so I was like in a hot tub of Anglophilia that night watching that with the music you know the British invasion music and you had Kenneth Branagh walking along and Danny Boyle directed it and it was it was just like a download of 50 years of everything Britain's contributed to the pop culture and the best part was a sequence Daniel Craig playing Bond shows up to the Queen the actual Queen this is not the knockoff Queen from Naked Gun or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then they do, they flash to a stunt where, you know, supposedly Bond and Queen Elizabeth II parachute out of the sky, <laughs> right. which how every British person did not have pointy nipples at that, at that whole sequence. I mean, it was just, it was the nirvana of British awesomeness. And if pop culture had ended that night, I'd have been okay with it. <laughs> it so good. thanks. Thanks for letting me mention that it's not Bond canon. But just the fact that, that someone conceived this idea, can we film a sequence with the queen who, you know, never smiles and doesn't mix with the hoi polloi, and she agreed to it. Awesome. It is. Now, I must regretfully say that my number one is the same as yours, Dave. It really? It is the Moonraker Freefall. Yes. Yes. Um, since I, and I keep mentioning that I start with the Brosnan movies and I had to then work my way backwards, well, I would have said that the golden eye stunt of him landing in the cockpit would be the most audacious. However, Moonraker, like for all the reasons you said was practically done and they did it almost 20 years earlier. Um, absolutely dwarfs the golden eye achievement. So there you go. It's tense. It's two minutes. I apparently took like over 80 jumps for them to capture it all. Oh my God. But it is so gosh darn tense. It is and for that. I salute them. Our lists are end up being this very similar last couple of times, Steve. Well, that's why I had to throw in on Her Majesty's Secret Service. I knew you weren't going to touch that. <laughs> <laughs> very good. All right, Smitty. What's the best stunt ever? So I'm going to add a little story here, just like Steve did. I had one on oh, my God, list. Oh, God, go on and on forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, also from Moonraker, the scene on the uh, cable car gondola and- where Jaws goes out to fight bond on top of that cable car yeah i had it again this is one of those i had in my head like that was awesome and i remember watching it behind the scenes on it where the stunt guy was not hooked into anything and was basically falling off the side of it as part of the stunt you know and they're like just go with it right um and then i watched it again and it's kind of a terrible scene <laughs> you know uh jaws stops he just grabs the the wheel cranking the the cable car and he just stops it and then he bites through one of the cables for no reason because it doesn't do anything mm-hmm. and then bond and and holly goodhead decide to climb out on top because reasons um <laughs> jaws then rides the other cable car gets over to him jumps over and all these shots of the close-ups when they're you know using rear projection or whatever they look terrible um there's a very very awkward fight that ensues uh, where Holly Goodhead in the dutiful role of a 60s heroine gets knocked on her head, knocked on her butt several times because women can't do anything in those early movies. 
Um, <laughs> and then, you know, then, then they, they zip line down the thing and it's just so bad. It just, it's just, so, I mean, I, I wanted to put it on there because the stunt people had such an amazing, difficult job to do, but the scene ends up being not very good. So unlike the corkscrew jump, this one got bumped off of the list completely. Hmm. So my number one has already been said it is the crane parkour chase from Casino Royale. Um, I watched that again today. It was going to be my number three or four, and then I watched it. And I also, I'm not afraid of heights, but I, I say I have a healthy respect for heights. And certain visuals, whether it's a movie or a video game that that can give me that vertigo feeling, I, I got I got cold sweats watching this scene when they were when they were up on the crane. Um, they shot it really well. It is all practical. It's all them, okay. right? Now, for when they're running around the, the construction girders and the crane, of course, they had safety harnesses that got painted out later, but it's still them. And it's just an amazing scene. So I, I had to, I had to make that my number one. So that is them making those. Jokes. See, that's what I, yeah. I, I like, I'm glad you said that. Cause I couldn't remember how much of it was like really happening. And you're saying it's really happening. It's definitely all the parkour guy. It's all him. It looked like everything was Daniel Craig. They didn't mention anything about a stunt man for him. Hmm. So it's at least mostly him, if not all him. That's great. And, yeah, again, you know, just the way that he he is making mistakes. He's not a parkour expert, so he's slipping and falling and breaking through things and hurting himself. Um, yeah, but but it shows like he is really resourceful. He knows this guy is faster and nimbler than him, so I'm just going to drive a crane through the fence and run up the the arm or whatever instead of doing all the fancy stuff that the other guy's doing. Right. So. And I read that uh, they didn't tell any of those construction workers they were filming a movie, so <laughs> their reactions are genuine. Yeah. <laughs> Cinema verite. Yeah. <laughs> Honey, you'll never believe what happened today down at the site. <laughs> the guy from Road to Perdition was jumping around on the crane. <laughs> nice. This is great. All right. Let's go back through them. My number five is the disabling of the mounted gun by boat in The World Is Not Enough. Number four, the skiing off the mountain with the Union Jack parachute in The Spy Who Loved Me. Number three, the parkour crane scene from Casino Royale. Number two, the jumping the Crocs in Live and Let Die. And number one, the skydive in Moonraker. What about you, Steve? From Spectre and otherwise, uh, pretty bad entry that they should have known better by the time they got to number four. Uh, Bond slides down several roofs, uh, in a, uh, the collapsing building happening, landing on a couch. At number four, from On Her Majesty's Secret Service, Bond executes uh, a jump on one ski, which would have been a challenge even on two. He does it on one. Uh, from Tomorrow Never Dies, returning the company car. Uh, from the top of the parking garage from GoldenEye, the thing that started it all for me. It's uh, Bond uh, pulling himself into the plane while it does a nosedive. And uh, finally, at number one, the midair free fall for a single, the fight for a single parachute, Moonraker. Very good. What about you, Smitty? My number five is the corkscrew, corkscrew jump from the man with the golden gun. Uh, number four is the ski jump from the spy who loved me. Number three, the bungee jump off of the dam from GoldenEye. 
Number two, the fight on top of the airplane from Octopussy. And number one, the crane parkour chase from Casino Royale. All right. If you're uh, in disagreement, let us know. Go on Facebook News as his page. Post your list. We want to know what we missed, what you think we're wrong about, all that kind of stuff. So go on there. Check for some uh, content, like maybe this uh, croc thing that I was talking about or anything else that we can find. There's a lot of cool behind-the-scenes stuff on Bond because it's great and everybody loves it. So if you're in the mood for something other than Bond, we've got Star Wars. We've got Indiana Jones. We've got 80s movies. We've got all kinds of stuff on newsas.com. Find something to your liking, plug it in, and listen. Thank you for joining us on this edition of The Best of Bond. Join us next time when we count up the best five Bond drinks. Bond drinks.